gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my esteemed colleague, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. My everything. I mean, I don't know. It's my everything. It's that Eric Dalal. Phil, great to be with you. You, uh, you doing okay this morning? Yeah, I think I'm doing all right. What do you mean? Tough loss for the Nuggets. Just making sure you're okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're recording this on a Thursday morning. Yeah, not off to the start that you want. Not the start that we want. No. Yeah. Time to hit the panic button? I don't think so, but it wasn't good. You concerned? Uh, Well, you know, this is a Broncos podcast. Are they close to clicking? I think that if they could just continue to play the the same way on the defensive side, once they figure things out on offense. It could be really good. Look, they got uh, some uh, new pieces that they they acquired over the offseason. Not really true. Yeah, they did. They some injured some guys that came back. They got some injured guys who came back. They're yeah. still trying to get the chemistry down. Yeah. So it's going to take some time. Coaching? Good. Good. Mike, I like Mike Malone. Yeah. Can I say Mike Malone? I don't know. I think you have to say Michael Malone. So You can do whatever you want. If you know him well, maybe you could say Mike. Yeah. I just, want, I just wanted to make sure you were I'm okay. Doing okay. okay. I'm doing okay. It's a long season. I think everything's a little. I thought I maybe saw a tear no. well up in your eye, but. No. I'm fine. Maybe you're just allergic to Ben Swanson. I should also mention that joining us in studio, trying out for the role of podcast supervisor, Ben Swanson. Thank you for the kind intro. One of these days, I want to see how long it'll take until you intro me. Maybe we'll get into a segment or... I think we've done several shows where we never even get to you ever. (laughs) Those are the best ones. (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, maybe we should talk about what we're going to discuss on this episode. Sure, Phil. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about Russell Wilson. Naturally. Something that he said this week was a little bit interesting, Eric. What was that? Uh, he was at the podium. He said that uh, every championship team he's been on uh-huh. has, a is- little, has a little edge. Ooh. That's why on this podcast, we have a lot of edge. A lot of edge. It's a championship yeah, podcast. It is. So... What do you think? Yeah, maybe we're going to have to talk about that. Some about edge it. in this Broncos locker room. Is that Andrew a good James. thing? Is that a good thing? Is that a good thing? Get into that a little bit. He also said something at Eric post game. Whoa. That was a little bit interesting too. So we'll get into that. Okay. We'll get into that. And then also just talk about Russ a little bit more in general. Just uh, if he is able to go. Yeah. He was limited, but did practice on uh, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. If he is able to go, how in the world can the Broncos keep him upright? Ooh. You know, he's been sacked a lot, Eric. True. He's taking some shots. Yeah. How how can they uh how can they help you? You know that like uh, shaking hand emoji thing? I'm not old <laughs> like you are, so I don't use that one. This is like a meme where you put like two things and then there's like oh, yeah. the shaking hand emoji yeah, and then yeah, there's yeah. like a, yeah. a common thread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like Russ in the pocket, you in college, taking a lot of shots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Uh, because it was good because I didn't know where you were going, so I was like really listening intently and yeah. then you got me. <laughs> That's what made it good. <laughs> so when you think that he, you think when you when you know where he's going, you just don't listen to him. Yeah, then I check out. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Okay. This one was good. I was, uh, I bit. Yeah, like a good. big fish. That was good. Uh, and then we'll also talk about Melvin Gordon a little bit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he had a nice little chat. A little chitty chat? Yeah, with Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. Actually, I think I saw him go into uh, the head coach's office, uh-huh. and then you were, like, right around there. Like, you were kind of, like, put a cup up uh-huh. to the door. You were like, what's going on in there? <laughs> you were trying to listen. 
I was like, you shouldn't do that, Eric. That's sort of a private. You were like, I'm, you're like, I'll tell you when I leave Coach Agate's <laughs> office, because you, of course, were in there scheming. <laughs> yeah, I always as thought you, I'm like, the on easy Monday, place. Yeah. I was like, come on, we got to get the more easy place. More moon balls, more easy place. Moon balls, easy place. Yeah. I think that, that works, Eric. I don't know. Analytics. DVOA. Yeah. So anyway, those are our topics of conversation. Excited. This episode. Uh, Eric, uh, of course, the neutral zone. Yes. This is an interactive show. We're here for the fi- for the fans or the, for the people. Yeah. Later on in the show, we'll get to uh, a voicemail. Okay. Okay. We have a couple of emails. Wow. Yeah. Uh, will you tell people how they could get involved if they'd like to be featured here on the show? Yeah, Phil, uh, you can send an email to neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Type your little thoughts out. We'll read it here on the air. Or you can leave a voicemail at 707-NEUTRAL. Mm-hmm. Call in that way. There's a couple of beeps, and then you... Two beeps. Two beeps. It's not a standard voicemail operation. Different, you know. different beeps. Two beeps. And then... But uh, you don't have to talk to Ben Swanson. No. That's nice. It's a nice trade-off. Yeah. Take Two as beeps, many beeps. No Swanson. Yeah. Uh, so that's a way. Or you can tweet us directly on Twitter, Phil. At Phil Milani with a PH. At Eric Delala with an AR. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Those are non-traditional. Those stories. are. Those are. Yeah. Or at Broncos Podcasts. Uh, sorry, what was podcasts. that? Podcasts. Podcasts. Cats. Cats. Podcasts is run by our dear friend, Zach with a C. Zach with a C. It is very healthy, baby. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's also one other way, Eric. That's right. If you go to the Broncos official YouTube page, yep. you can go on there, watch our show. We're in a very nice studio here. You can watch us. We got some... Got some nice shirts on. No quarter zips today. No. Swanson kind of team issued quarter zip. Yep. What do we think about? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I know. it's like a it's a half measure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so check us out there, but you could also leave a comment. That's right. And we read those comments there. You do, and I feel every, like that's a setup. Every week we read these ones. Uh, last week we got probably our finest comment ever. I don't know if you caught it, Eric. Landon Martinez. I didn't catch this, I don't think. These two have some of the nicest hair I've ever seen. Wow. It almost doesn't even look real sometimes. What's the secret? Time, care, Time. love. How long would you say you work on just the hair? A couple hours at least. Yeah. I mean, if I can get it done in 90 minutes, that's a win. <laughs> that is a win. That's like if it's just like a casual day. Yeah. Yeah. But if we're doing a show. Oh, man. Yeah. You got to get up at like You got to be in hair and makeup. Yeah, yeah you get up but we don't there. record the show until a little bit later in the morning. Yeah, but still, like you, you gotta get uh, ready. You seen that morning show? Show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They wake up at like two a.m. to go and get hair and makeup done. Yeah, that's, that's us. Our friend Tom Agnetti uh, chimes in and goes, uh, "Gentlemen, gentlemen, and Ben Swanson." Oh, that's a shot. Know, is that a shot? I that think is, so. A maybe. shot. Yeah, this is last week's. Uh, at, this is last week's episode that yep. he's commenting on. Another excellent episode. I'm speaking it into existence that Russell Wilson figures it out this week. That didn't happen. Well, we're reading it this week, so maybe this week. That's true. I didn't think about it that way. <laughs> Melvin Sanchez, two neutral zones in one week. It's not my birthday. Great stuff, fellas. Love the insight. Don't we always have two neutral zones we in do. one week? In the season, we have two, yeah. so... Uh, Melvin Sanchez, got to gotta pay closer attention here. Uh, let me see. Uh, 
Hold on. There was one other one that I wanted to get to here. Uh, oh, Michael Depesquio. Okay. I, I butchered that. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely that's not good. Uh, he goes, damn, I use a crying laughing emoji too. <laughs> that's because, of course, last week we talked about there was a story that came out. Old people use certain emojis. Yep. That was, not, that was unfortunate. This, uh, this goes right nicely into uh, the next comment here. This one's from Brady Johnson, who left a uh, uh, an email last week. Okay. I couldn't read the email. Why? And I thought maybe, well, I read it, but I, I attempted to read it, I guess. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. And he goes, uh, and I was like, oh, maybe there's like some bad grammar in here or something. And uh, he comments and says, I think Phil just can't read. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that thought before. And then uh, the last one here is from Dominic Bazonier. Yeah, you probably said that right, too. Phil is so annoying. Well, thank you I'm very glad much. glad you read that one. Thank you. Thanks for watching the show. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Not, not only does he, uh, he watch the show, he also was so upset that he, he was commented. like, I have to comment. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for those comments. There's some great comments, too, Phil, it. on our Monday episode. Oh, yeah. People wanting us ones. to fight. Yeah, what do you think that's People about? saying the guy in the glasses doesn't know anything. Yeah. People saying the guy in the white quarter zip, which was me, doesn't know anything. A lot some of them doesn't hurt. know anything. Some of them hurt. Did they? Yeah, some of them hurt. Yeah. I just lie We're awake. strong. I lie awake and I just like, why do they just refer to me as a guy in the glasses? You know? Yeah. That's the part that was more upsetting. You know? Yeah, you don't, you're like, <laughs> I knew the other part. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, just say my name. <laughs> We do it right off the top of the show. We know, look, it's Phil and Eric. It's Eric and Phil. It's Ben Swanson. Ben Verbroncos. Right. There we go. You know? Plug me. (laughs) It's at Ben Verbroncos. All right, should we get into our first topic here? I think so. Okay, so we're talking about Russell Wilson, of course, Eric. Uh, He said on Wednesday this week, he was asked about the locker room. Was asked about uh, Melvin Gordon a little bit, and uh, he said that it's good to have some edge in the locker room. He said that the championship teams he's been on have some edge. Yeah, I think he said, I've never been a part of a quiet championship team. Yeah. Um, and Swanson can fact check that exact wording, but it was essentially that you need, you need some dogs. Yeah, and of course, that team in Seattle uh, that won Super Bowl forty eight. That team had some edge. Yeah. Not, I'm guessing because he said teams that maybe he's also referring to um, what? Maybe like some, like a college team, a yeah, high school I'm, I'm team, also refer- something. I believe he's referring to like a Wisconsin team that won the Big that's Ten I mean. and went yeah. to the Rose Bowl. That's what I mean. Because um, I know there are some people that were like, well, he's only won one championship. No, 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 no. He's probably in high school. He's probably been very successful. I mean, he was asked about his hamstring, and he goes, when you play some sports like I do, football, basketball, baseball, yeah, you deal with this kind of stuff. It's kind of a silly question. I was Have like, what ever... about track and field? Yeah. Uh, that's, what I, that's what made me, you know. I was like, what about wrestling? What about it? Russell, I mean, wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Too dangerous. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, and not just Melvin. I believe that was in reference to, to Jerry Judy. Oh, yeah. Standing on the sideline there, um, looking a little bit animated. He could have been saying, hey, Melvin, what do you want to go do after the game? Like, there's a lot of options. We could, like, go get some treatment or we could grab a bite to eat. I think that they were probably going to fly back to Denver. 
Right, but I'm saying after that. Oh. He was like, what do you want to do when we land? Oh, in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe he was like, hey, what kind of card game do you want to play in the plane? Like, go fish. Yeah. Gin rummy. So, like, those, that could have been what he was talking about, but it also could have been, like, why didn't they throw me the ball? Could have been. Could have been. Or, like, what's going on here? Well, first of all, all wide receivers are open on every play. Yes. So, that's the first thing. And sometimes they look for the ball, and sometimes they don't. Jerry has had uh, so, some issues with the timing of the looking for the ball. Yeah. You would think that a wide receiver would always be looking for the ball. Not the, case. on the same page, but I think in general that the, the question and Brandon McManus himself raised this as like the only guy, the kicker, the kicker. Oh, got it. He said, everything seems great right now. What happens when we lose a few games in a row? Who, when did he say that? In training camp. Oh, so he knew they were going to lose three games in a row. I think it was more of like, uh, you're going to go through some adversity. Oh, okay. How do you respond then? And I think there's concern maybe among the media, among fans, because Nathaniel Hackett is kind of a, an upbeat coach. He's a positive guy, um, players type coach. When things don't go well, how long do guys stay bought into that? And so that you see Jerry Judy on the sideline, you see Melvin Gordon uh, looking disappointed, and you wonder... Hey, how long are guys going to keep buying into this, buying into the positive message that Russ is spreading? And so I think it was interesting that Russ said, hey, it's not a bad thing to be disappointed that you're losing. And Nathaniel Hackett said the same thing. Everybody's frustrated here. If everyone just pretended that everything was great, that would probably be more of a problem. And so obviously you have to fix it. And Russell Wilson said, I like the quote at the end of his press conference, winning heals all wounds. And so we got to go win. But I don't think it's a huge, you know, if everybody just act like it was sunshine and, and daisies out there, you'd be more concerned, I think, because this is a problem. That's a classic uh, saying, sunshine and daisies. Yeah. It's just, that's a really, that's what I go to all the time. <laughs> um, sunshine and daisies, I like that. Do you think that uh, Russ should have some edge to him? Because he also is very positive. He says edge is a good thing. Do you wish that he would get a little bit more upset? Because after even some of these last tough losses, he's taken accountability. He said, okay, this one's on me. After the Colts game, he said that. Uh, he, but he does have this sort of, uh, we're going to get through this adversity, and when we do, it's going to be beautiful. And he, he has that positive outlook. Do you wish that occasionally he would show some of that more some frustration, just like something that's a little more human, maybe. I mean, well, I don't want to say he's not human. I don't think. Well, because I think that he's got to be frustrated by this. Yeah. Do you wish he would show that a little bit more? Or do you think, hey, that's for behind closed doors? When I talk to the press, when I do, when I when I'm out here in public, I'm this way. I think he has shown some frustration. It was clear after that Colts game that he was frustrated and that he hadn't played well enough and put it on himself. Um, and even after this last loss, he got up to the podium and, and by his, it's all about, um, kind of like the perspective. So Russ coming up there and saying, Hey, that's on me. I gotta be better. This isn't good enough. Or coming up to the podium after the chargers game and saying, Hey, we got to get this right. This is not what it's supposed to look like. That sort of thing. When you compare that to how, to his normal podium perspective, that is showing frustration. That is showing, um, you know, kind of disappointment or expressing emotion. I don't think he's ever going to get up there and go full Shelby Harris after a loss. <laughs> I mean, that's just not 
who he is. But Shelby Harris, and I know we're talking about a player that's not on the team anymore, but a a guy who is animated in good times and, like, says crazy stuff then is probably going to say, you know, be really emotional after a loss. Russell is very even-keeled always, and so even him saying, hey, this is not what it's – this is not good enough. we got to get this fixed. This is on the offense. That, to me, is, you know, his way of showing – frustration the rest of it the yelling the screaming if if that happens at any point that doesn't need to happen in the media I think he's been in this business long enough that he knows that's for behind closed doors if you have a problem with how a receiver you know Russ was never asked about KJ Hamler throwing his helmet Mm -hmm. but Russ doesn't need to go out in the press and and say man that's unacceptable by KJ Hamler I'm I'm assuming they talked about it I don't know that for sure but I would guess they chatted about that and however he handled that internally it didn't become a bigger deal and so you can have these guys that show frustration, but I also think you need your quarterback to be that pillar, that stable guy, kind of be the, you know, the, the force that you can count on. And you, you do need him to believe that things get better because if Russ gets up there and is like, man, this isn't working. Like this is not, we're, we're screwed. Well, he doesn't need to say that, but the, yeah. The rest of the team is probably like, oh, well, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. But, if, but I do think that if you uh, look at some of the other great quarterbacks around the league, there is a way that they show emotion that Russ is just a little bit different than they are. And as long as that is authentic, I think that it's, I mean, if that's who he is, then he should be who he is, you know? So yeah. if that, I mean, that seems like how he's always handled himself. So that to me leads me to think, that is who he is. He doesn't want to be fake and be all animated. Uh, but you do see some other quarterbacks around the league. I mean, you're talking about Tom Brady, right? No, I mean, I just think everybody shows their emotion a little bit differently. I mean, you would see Peyton Manning get upset. You would see, I mean, I think you've seen Aaron Rodgers get upset. Uh, you see some of these other great quarterbacks show emotion in a different way than Russ does. I'm not knocking, I'm not saying one way is better the, uh, than the other. I'm just saying, some guys do show it a little bit more than others, but I think the big thing is to just be authentic. Yeah, I mean, you don't need Russ to come to the to be you know screaming in his offensive line's face or throwing tablets the way Tom Brady does. That's Brady's way of showing emotion and expressing himself in a game. You look at guys like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Even when things are com- aren't going well, those guys have a more calm, reserved personality where you don't see those guys coming off the field and, and yep. freaking out. Yeah. Even Aaron well, Rodgers. cool. Yeah. Even Aaron Rodgers, you know, sometimes on the sideline, he gets a little, you know, there's that thing of him chucking the tablet over his shoulder. But in the press, they lost last week to. Well, he's very zen. He, they lost to the Jets. No, the week before that, when they lost to the Giants in London, he oh. was like, like, it's fine. Yeah, relax. Everything's fine. Yeah. Relax. That's been his, his personality, his <laughs> yeah. whole career. Relax. Everything's fine. Yeah. And, you know, so. Uh, Russ doesn't need to just start screaming and yelling for the sake of people yeah. being like, oh, now Russ cares. Like, that means he cares. This guy deeply cares about getting this right. And I'm sure it's eating him up that the Broncos have not played very well offensively, but he doesn't need to be someone that he's not just for the, the sake of the cameras. What about what he actually said? Do you think you agree with him that edge is good? Uh, maybe it's not coming from him, but some of the other guys in the locker room, you need a little bit of that? Well, I mean, I think you've got it. It's good from the offense because if if the offense was just okay with the way things were, that would be a problem. And I think there are times when they need a little bit of a kick to get going. I think that's probably one of the, the areas where we haven't talked enough about 
missing Tim Patrick is not just that he was a really good receiver, but he was kind of the emotional, some guys called him the heartbeat of that offense, of that wide receiving room. I mean, Tim had like a kind of a nasty streak to him or he was, you know, he would get fired up. He punched a guy in the Raiders game, you know, he'd catch a touchdown against the Chiefs and go crazy. Like that's kind of the emotional guy that you need. And I think not every game, but there's been a couple of games where I think Tim would have said, guys, let's, let's get this going. And so they, I do think they miss that a little bit. So you need the edge. And again, I, if people were just like, oh, we're fine. This is fine. We're two and four. It's fine. That would be a big problem. And I think that people, the guys in the locker room realize that this is an issue. And so, yeah, the edge at this point is good, I think. Yeah, but they don't really have, they don't really have that guy who does, does those types of things. You need Cortland to be that guy. I yeah. Think. I mean, I'm just trying to think about who would have that type of a personality to just like really. On offense? Yeah. It's got to be Cortland yeah. because it has to be a guy that's done it. Because if a you know, uh, KJ Hamler's got a fiery personality, but he can't go scream at the offense because yep. he has what four or five catches this year. It doesn't it's, it doesn't have the same weight. weight. Cortland's made a Pro Bowl, and I know that that's not Cortland's personality. It doesn't seem like he's a guy that's going to keep his head down. He's going to work. He's going to lead by example. But I think you know, and Justin Simmons said it starts with leadership. I think some of these guys that are used to leading by example might have to start doing a little bit more in terms of being vocal you know russ is always vocal but justin simmons Cortland sutton you know it's just hard because you want them to be their personality and those guys Cortland and and justin simmons they're not that yeller and and that edge guy like there is no a keep to leave in that locker room Well, bradley chubb i think is yeah he's probably the closest guy yeah and i think he'll let you hear it if if you need to yeah um but with those guys, I mean, sometimes when people that aren't normally like that yell or send a message, you take it even more seriously because you're like, this is not who this guy is. Do you think Russ has done some of that behind closed doors? I'm sure, you know, they meet all the time. They spend a lot, they still spend a lot of time together uh, outside of the normal meetings. I'm sure that Russ and has talked with these guys. I'm sure Nathaniel Hackett has talked with these guys. I mean it's certainly not for a lack of effort that these things are happening. It just hasn't no, of quite uh, worked, but I'm, you know, I'm sure they're doing everything they possibly can. They just got to figure it out quickly here because difference between, uh, you know, if you want to make this work, if you want to have a chance here, you got to get things going really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing that we mentioned at the beginning of the show, and this was something that Russ said after the game, he was asked about just how he played and everything. And he brought up the beginning of the game and said, he said something to the effect of that's how this is supposed to look. Yeah. This is how the offense is supposed to look. I think that he's talking about him getting out of the pocket, making that play to Jerry Judy, him stepping up in the pocket, finding Greg Dulcich there. What did you think about that? Because it kind of struck my ear because I think that there's been a lot of, did you like that one? That was a good phrase. Yeah. You like that one? Uh, Because there's so much talk about, Hey, what is this Broncos offense? What is, it's identity, Eric. I love talking about you it. You do. I, I love that. You love nothing more. But I do think that one of the big uh, issues has been trying to mesh what they want to do with what Russ has done in his past and with what Nathaniel Hackett has done in his past and also with the NASA scientists coming in, trying to get these guys all on the same page. Yeah. So for Russ to come out and say that's what it's supposed to look like, that was interesting. Well, uh, you know, I think he's part in part saying that like 
scoring points is what it's supposed to look like. But what they did on those drives was go a little bit faster. Uh, you know, they hit that big play to Jerry Judy and then boom, right back to the line, take another shot down the field. You know, we, we've talked about kind of the ineptitude of this offense, you know, and, and how they've struggled. There's some false stats floating around about how it compares to a Paxton Lynch led offense. That's what I'm saying. Fact check. I couldn't find that tweet again, so I don't know. Oh, oh weird. Man. Maybe it was deleted because it was wrong. Anyway, um, when you wa- when you watch this offense, I know they're not scoring points. Well, do you want to say what the Vax and Lynch is? Sure. There was a tweet or or uh, people talking about people it. talking about. They suggested that Paxton Lynch, as a starting quarterback, averaged more points per game. The the team did. The team did. Then uh, then a Russell Wilson led offense. So on just on that, that pure statement is true. Your statement is true. If you look into it a little if bit more. If you look into it, uh, you would find one that there were several defensive touchdowns. For Paxson. For Paxson that helped. And listen, I'll let you keep the, I'll let, not you, but I'll let these people keep the, the defensive touchdown. The more interesting fi- thing, Phil, is that in one of Paxson's starts. Which he only had four. Only four. Uh, he was benched or suffered an injury that kind of led to. Some tears. Some tears. Uh, he scored zero points. Trevor Simeon, of course. Cats guy. Cats guy. Came in, led the Broncos to 14 points. That heroic. Gets, heroic. That, heroic effort. That gets Off the bench, they were like, I've never seen anything the game. like He's it. like, never me? Seen, never seen anything like it. Um, that was the season, of course, where the quarterback got benched like every week. A different quarterback got sent away. Um, those 14 points count toward a Paxton Lynch start. So if you take that out, uh, it's not a true okay. stat. But, okay. but some people like to uh, just say things. Okay, well, we cleared that up. Okay. When I watch an offense like that, the Paxton Lynch offense, or I watch, um, you know, a, a 2018 Broncos with Case Keenum, or you watch uh, Joe Flacco with this Broncos offense. You had a lot to choose from. There are. I could keep going, really. <laughs> Brandon Allen with this Broncos offense. <laughs> The uh, the point totals might be similar, but there are better. Th- yeah, in some cases, there are there are things that this offense can do in terms of the big play and moving the ball quickly that these other offenses just have never been able to do. I mean, you th- you look back to last year, Phil. This offense to score touchdowns. Think back to that drive in Kansas City. It was like a sixteen play drive. That was the only way the Broncos could possibly move the ball. They had to convert three fourth downs. And then they get down to the, the Herbert. They did the Herbert. Yeah. And then they get down to the, <laughs> what the one yard line and they don't, they don't score any points. That's true. But like that was how that offense had to operate. There was no big playability. And so when I watch this offense, it's just confusing in my head. It's confusing because I'm like, you have the ability to, to throw a 30 yard pass to Jerry Judy. And then on the next play, throw a bomb to Greg Dulcich. You have the ability at the end of the first half with what there were 50 seconds left or something like that. That's what we've been talking about for years. The Broncos have not had that ability. If there's 45 seconds left on the clock to go get points from the 20 yard line, boom, big play to KJ boom, next snap, 11 yard gain to Jerry Judy. I believe kick a field goal, get Should points. Have been a touchdown, but, yeah. been a touchdown, but you still got points. The Broncos have not had that in since Peyton Manning was in his prime. And so it's just, it's so confusing that they have that ability and you watch it and you think, wow, that's so much better like the first quarter of the Chargers game, you're like that. That's way better than anything I've seen in years. And then for some reason, it just it can't be it sustained. 
And that's where the confusion is because it's not, you know, when you're talking about what it can look like, when it looks like that, it's better than it has been in a long time. And I just don't know what the issue is with keeping it going. But that's, that's the frustrating thing is that it's not talking about how bad it's been. And people are like, this is worse than it ever was over the last five years. Well, no, when it's good, it's actually a lot better, but the the bad is also a lot worse. And so there's no middle ground right now. It sort of reminds me of uh, like during lunchtime and uh-huh. I open up a nice sparkling water. Yeah. The first couple of sips, it's like really nice. I'm like this is, it's very sparkling. You know, there's a lot of carbonation uh-huh. and stuff. It's really good. Yeah. You're then, appealing to the common person right now by then, talking about your by sparkling the, water. By the end references. of lunch, it's like all the carbonation is gone. Wow. And I'm like, why can't the carbonation sustain yeah. all the way through my lunch? But when you're trying to eat three plates of food, it takes a while. So when I get to the end, I'm like, what happened? This was so delicious. Why can't you be like the first couple of sips? Yeah. But the Broncos have had their um, metaphorical carbonation at different points in games. Like against the 49ers, there was no carbonation early. And then boom, sure. at the end, you're like, why can't you just do that the whole game? Yeah, that was <laughs> that was confusing. Huh? But that that one was sort of like dessert. You know, like they, the whole like, meal was not great, but there then has there was not, a cookie or there something. There has like not been a game yet where the Broncos have just been inept the whole game. No, they've always had some sort of a spark. Some sort of a, a flash. Maybe it lasted just one or two drives, but they've had yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas in the past, and just because I, I think the comparisons are a little bit ridiculous. In the past, there's been whole games or whole, you know, weeks of games where it's like, and they can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit confusing why they can't play this way the whole time. But uh, but I think as people talk about, you know, is this working? Is this sustainable long term? You know, was, is does Russ still have it? I think when you see those drives, to me, I think, okay, well, it's clear that that potential is still there. They they, they got to find a way to to maintain it and sustain it, but. But I would say, like, the game is sort of a game of adjustments, right? So you're doing one thing, it's working well. There's something changes. These, You know, they start bringing pressure. Yeah. You know, he was talked about, he was asked about, uh, Russ was, the A-gap blitz, uh, and how come he didn't see that? And he just said it was a perfect call by the defense. Uh Uh-huh. You know, some of those things, I think some of the puzzling things are, because you see some of these analysts out there, they're breaking down the film. They're like, this is basic stuff that is confusing why Russ isn't being able to identify it. I think everybody, us, national analysts, maybe some of the coaches are a little bit stumped too. Like what's going on here? Why is this not all just working? Yeah. I mean, I think Russell Wilson knows more about playing quarterback than Dan Orlovsky does. Yeah, of course. No, I mean, I think so too, but it's not just Dan Orlovsky. I mean, there's a lot of people who are saying, look, these are things that you identify pre-snap, you know, um, Orlovsky has been the one that's like, this is high school stuff. He's been saying that. He's been, yeah. uh, he's been saying that yeah. a little, but it's a flair for though. the dramatic. It is, but that makes good TV. It does. He's very good at what he does. Dan Orlovsky. We should have him on the show. Yeah. Could be nice. I'm like, did you are really good at picking up blitzes? He ran out of the back. Do you of the know where the end zone is though. Yeah. Yeah. But he's off the hook for that. Now that Jimmy that's G true. did it. So he, we don't him. talk about that. Yeah. Redact. Redact. Redact.
But I do think, I wonder, do you think that Russ is capable of uh, playing outside of the pocket and doing those types of things with this hamstring injury? Do you think that that is something that the Broncos will be like, look, if you're ready to go, we, we need you to play like this. Let's do that. I mean, listen, I and people don't want to hear this. I, I suspect that the Broncos offense is not going to click and score 35 points this weekend. I think that it's going to be another struggle, and that's in part because the Jets have a good defense. Quinn and Williams. Their front, their front four is really good. They've been getting pressure with just four. They don't blitz a lot. I think they have like one of the lowest blitz rates in the league, but they get home with four pass rushers. Um, you're not, Sauce Gardner is really good on the outside, so they're going to be hard to play against anyway. And then when you add in Russ, who I'm assuming is going to have his mobility be limited if he plays at all, um, it's not a recipe to go score 35. And so I think the Broncos are going to play this game conservatively I think they're going to try to stay in it win it late um, this has all the makings to me of another 13 10 14 13 16 six, points I 16, think is what the Broncos score 16 14 type type game yeah. um, but to find some success I think you're going to have to choose wisely when you push Russ out of the pocket you're going to have to run the football I mean if you can't run the football in this game and it comes down to Russ scrambling around and making plays you're not gonna i don't think you're gonna have very, very much good. success with this injury uh swanson can you look up how uh, sauce gardner got his nickname sauce because i know that nathaniel hackey he likes juice yeah they got sauce what do you think sauce is gonna do this weekend oh. well last weekend he uh uh at lambeau field grabbed a cheese head and put it on his head after the game correct and was celebrating yep now, like, say this week, say he has a nice game. Uh huh. I don't want to. I don't even want to say this. But what if the Jets win? He might grab. You know, Shannon Sharp had that little uh, Broncos. Yeah. Shannon Sharp's gonna be at the game. Yeah. Broncos are celebrating uh, the Super Bowl thirty-two victory. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just gonna grab one of those vintage Shannon Sharp horse hats. Yep. And he'll just run around the stadium. Get maybe mm, he'll gallop around. He'll gallop. And then somebody from the Broncos will have to go over there and knock it off. Who would that be? Corlin Sutton. No, mm. Jerry Judy. Mm. Speaking of Jerry Judy, Shannon Sharp's going to be there. Ooh. You think? Could be spicy. Could be spicy. Uh, Swanson, have you looked it up? Yeah, he's apparently told a few different stories. One is that he loves dipping sauces so much. Uh-huh. Like, uh... <laughs> Like a sweet and sour sauce, sriracha. Like a, oh, sriracha dipping yeah, the sauce. The quote is, I would get like three sriracha sauces and I dip everything in it. My burger, my nuggets, and my fries. Nuggets? You, That's chicken one. nuggets you put in sriracha? I don't. A honey mustard? What do you I've guys do? What do, you do? what do you do? I do the honey mustard. You do honey mustard. Honey mustard. I like a sweet sriracha. and sour too. It's nice. Uh, the other one he said is that uh, when he was playing Little League football, uh, his coach would say that he was... Saucy with his juke moves, and so eventually he got this nickname, A1 Sauce, Sweet Feet, and then it just shortened because that's kind of a long nickname. Is his real name Ahmad? So A1, that makes sense. I mean, I sort of believe in this one. Yeah, I, I believe that one more. I don't know. What, do, what would be like a crazy story of how you got your name Sauce, you know? I don't know. <laughs> Hard to think that up on the spot. Yeah. Yeah.
Like he just loves, like say he likes chicken parm a lot and he's in there making marinara sauce for it. Mm, yeah. And they're just, you become known for that. You're like, this guy makes the best marinara sauce in, in all the town. Yeah. Should we call him marinara or should we call him sauce? <laughs> marinara gar- gardener. He says, when I'm in my little calm mood, it's just me being a mod. The sauce is within me. So I'm always sauce. Wow, that's kind of co- so. Wow. I, when he's chill, he's both a mod and sauce. Yeah. When he's not chill, he's just sauce. Yeah. The sauce is always there. A mod? I I don't know. Are we going to see a mod or sauce on Sunday? Man, who could really say? A <laughs> uh, question for you, Phil. <laughs> as interesting as this is, um, that's probably the most interesting thing we talked about. I don't know about that. Other uh, than our hair, when you uh, when you have a. It's not all sunshine and daisies. When you have something like a player going into the ring of fame or an or a reunion celebrating a celebration. A Super Bowl, yeah, yeah. Do you think there's any uh Ooh, right. added sauce from your uh <laughs> like as a team where you're like, Oh, we gotta we gotta perform for these guys? Yeah. I think depending on how they do it, because I I remember two thousand fifteen, the Broncos uh played the Packers, yep. they celebrated this a Super Bowl 32 team. Yep. And they had them come out like they introduced them out onto the field. That was hyped. I mean, those guys coming out into the stadium and like being announced like that. Yeah. I was hyped. Yeah. You're like, there's Brian Habib. Yes. <laughs> it was big time. Yeah. I mean, that offensive line was really good. Yeah. Gets you fired up a little bit, Eric. I think that that has, you're like, okay, there's the tradition and there's the respect and there's all this here in Denver, we got we got to live up to that. I think there's some of that, but if it's just like a little halftime thing, or they don't really go big with the the Super Bowl 32 team, then I don't think come game day, I don't think there's much. Got it. I mean, for example, the um, Mike Shanahan was here last year before that Raiders game. Spoke to the team on Saturday. I was feeling hyped up after that. So were you, Eric? Yeah. Yeah. But then come game day, that sort of feeling went away. Yeah, because the Raiders, the Raiders did some stuff. You so, still got to play well. You got to play well. I think it just depends. Like if the if you like if Shannon Sharp is in the locker room before the game going crazy. What if Shannon Sharp plays? That could be helpful. Yeah. Do, how do you think Dulcich would feel? Yeah, dude. <laughs> he like chill. right on, man. Yeah, that's chill. Nice. Uh, the way Shannon takes care of his body. He could still play. You think so? TD looks like he could how many, still play. How many would he go for? I bet Shannon could give you 10 snaps. Just put it in the red zone you get down there. Yeah. You could, Shannon Sharp could still catch a tub. You, so you're saying 10 catches, one tub if he went out there? No, I said 10 snaps. Oh, <laughs> ten, 10 snaps. Sorry. Yeah. About a tub. Yeah. Okay, got it. And then what about TD? Uh, five carries. How many yards? 20. I don't know. Oh, okay. Disrespectful. I say five carries, 100, 100 110. <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah. yeah. Those are probably he, the only two for me. Carl Davis team. is like Michael Jordan. Um, According yeah, to the some, Mad Fanatic. Yeah. Someone else was Scotty Pippen, right? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't. I don't really remember. Yeah. John, okay. I, don't, I don't know that he could play. John could not play. No. Yeah. We got some special content with John coming up. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> We'll have to see. Stay tuned for that, maybe. Uh, Eric, the last thing we talk about Russ is how do you think, you know, if he can't get out of the pocket, he can't move like how we were expecting him to, how can the Broncos protect him a little bit better this week? Because let's face it, he's been 
he's been under attack here the last couple of weeks. Uh, and some may say that when you face this so much pressure, Eric, you start seeing things a little bit. Uh-huh. You start feeling the pressure when maybe it's not really there all the time. So you do a great job with the some may say, and then just say whatever you want. Some like some may say. Yeah, they might. And I wouldn't say that. Eric. Right, of course you would. Never, I would never say you would that. Never say but, that, but some might. I, when I read, you give a voice. I to hear? The, you give a voice to the some. You're That's kind what of I'm here for. for I'm, I'm here for the sum. Yeah. yeah. I'm a man of the sum. <laughs> they may say it. It's I, not that you've already heard it. I've yeah. heard it. Oh, oh I guess heard. I have, do say I have it. heard it. They do, they're saying it. Oh, they are saying it. Some are saying it right now. Got it. At this moment, every six seconds, someone's saying it. Says, it. says this. Um, well, like I mentioned before, or you might have dozed off a little bit. They got to run the ball well. The that, sunshine? That helps. If they can find a way to to get into these third and manageables again like they did last week, which was actually a positive of what they were able to accomplish, run the football well, you know, maybe play a little bit more. You know, people are talking about playing under center more. That's going to be hard with a hamstring injury because it, is. it requires more duress to just get out from under center. So I would think you would see a decent amount of shotgun. Um, but you got to run the football well, quick throws, um, choose your spots wisely in terms of when to move him out of the pocket. And then Russ just has to be willing. You know, I mentioned, I think this is going to be kind of a battle, a low scoring game. Russ has to maybe just decide, Hey, there, there are times I'm not going to take these hits. I'm going to throw it away. You know, there might be an open lane to, to get four yards and take a hit. I can't do that. I got to throw it away or stay in the pocket. Um, I think this one is going to be a grind just because of, how good their defense is and how uh, Russ is feeling at this moment. Yeah. I, I just hope that they're careful with Russ because a hamstring injury, that's the type of thing that can one linger the whole season, which you don't want that to happen, or it can lead to other m- bigger injuries. So I don't think that it's something to mess around with. And he was asked, Hey, how honest are you with the trainers? Like if it's not right, are you going to say, Hey, I can't go. And he said, he kind of laughed and said, of course, you don't believe of that. Of course. Uh, well, the rest I know is a competitor. Some people. I don't think that he. He plays. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett said it's going to be his decision whether or not he plays. It's going to be Hackett's decision. Yep. So he's going to have to evaluate him. I, hard to evaluate when, you know, it's there are lighter practices. It's, yeah. it's a walkthrough. So. Well, just just one so far. The fact that he was limited and not. That's a good a sign. DNP, well, yeah. it's a good. Yeah. If. Because on this podcast on Monday, you said this was going to be a classic DMP, DMP, maybe limited. another DMP. No, I said DMP, DMP limited. Limited, yeah. yeah. You went straight to limited. Straight to, yeah, unlimited. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. If he improves to full, that would he would that would make him unlimited. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. I like unlimited, Russ. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want. So see, yeah, I agree with you, Eric. Though they're going to have to. Gonna have to do something to just make sure that he doesn't take these shots, especially guys running full speed at the line of scrimmage, timing the snap, him getting the ball and just getting absolutely blasted. I like how when you talk about certain plays, like your voice gets like a little bit louder. Yeah, like it's like you're you can't contain the anger that you feel. Yeah, perfect call. You're like, what should they do? Perfect and call. Like, Anytime the snap, <laughs> it makes me upset sometimes. Yeah. That's frustrating. Sorry. Big third down play, Eric. That makes me frustrated. Yeah. They're going to have to do stuff to combat the the pass rush. 
I think you saw them try to do that with some of that read, you know, where they gave him the option, but that's not going to be on the table this week. So presumably, uh, I don't think that he'll be able to do that. So they're going to have to time up. They're going to have to change up the snap count where guys can't just blitz free Willie. Free nil. <laughs> free Willie nilly. That's what, that's what I was trying to do. I got there. Save the whales. <laughs> that was sort of like, you know, where he goes over the line. Over the line. Yeah. Maybe that is what I was trying that's to say. What you're, yeah. 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 They just time it. They time it. And they go. Wow. The Palomalu, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have to do something. And these guys are going to have to block. It's an idea. That's a pull quote right there. That's These an guys idea. are going to have to do something. <laughs> you, They're going to have to block. I, I, Billy Turner? Hackett said that uh, you did a nice job working off the rust. Uh-huh. Cam Fleming seems like he's going to stay at left ta- or at right, uh, right tackle now. Left tackle? Left tackle. I'm sorry. They moved him to left. Billy Turner's at right. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to work on their communication maybe a little bit. You know, hey, let's not let this guy just come free. You know, if they do that. Sometimes I sit here and you're like peppering me with like, what do they do? What do they do? What do they do? And I'm like, well, yeah. why don't you share your opinion? And then yeah, you're like, then they I got go. a block. And I'm like, <laughs> they do. I'm like, perfect. Sometimes it comes down to that. You're just like, this guy's just got to do better. Yeah. That is sometimes, it, sometimes you're just like, you got to do simple it. Game. You got to do it. Yeah. If you can't do it, get out. I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to keep you here. They're going to. Some team is going to hear you like, we got to get this guy into in the coach's office yeah. in charge running the whole thing or just, what do you think? Yes. Yeah. Personnel too. You're ready. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, let's move on to our second topic here on this uh, episode of the neutral zone. That is Melvin Gordon. He will be the starting running back for your Denver Broncos come Sunday against the New York jets. Uh, what do you think about how things have unfolded this week here with Melvin Gordon? Um, I mean, I think it's good that Nathaniel Hackett had a conversation with him. Uh, Melvin, I think, said that he thought it was a little bit overdue or, or hoped that it was had come a little bit sooner. Uh, st- it still sounds like maybe there's a little bit of... Uh, Animosity. Not what I was going to say. Not what you're going to say? Oh, nope. Uh, I was going to say disconnect. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, um, because... Hackett said we had they had a really good conversation. They're on the same page, and Melvin said kind of, sort of. So it does, I think he's a kind of, sort of, yeah, something, <laughs> something like that. Ben Swanson. It's not been transcribed. Ooh. Oh, then I guess it just never happened. Yeah, never happened. Yeah. Then you find it, Swanson. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can look at the look at the uh, the stories that were written. Yeah, not the videos. Did the, was that in a video? Maybe it was. Could've I don't been. know. I'm not in the locker room. Why? Because I'm outside doing the press conference. Oh, as an R. Yeah. A recorder. The reporter. The reporting recorder. Record. Yeah, two R's. I'm a double R. Yeah. <laughs> One wasn't <laughs> enough. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that we've seen the end of this uh, scenario because even though Melvin Gordon is starting, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to get the bulk of the carries. I still think they're going to go with whoever has the hot hand. So if Melvin comes out and he, you know, picks up a couple first downs early in the game or he, you know, he's averaging a, a good yard per carry number, he stays in there, but maybe you get Latavius Murray in there. Latavius Murray had a nice game. I mean, I think that that's the, people are kind of concerned or, or like, 
why isn't Melvin in there? Well, Latavius Murray ran the ball well. And so I don't have a problem with keeping guys in there who are running the football well. Um, but yeah, I guess my general thought is just that I, I expect that this will continue to be some sort of uh, deal that the Broncos will have to manage just because Melvin has a starter mindset. But the perform like that's the bottom line is the performance from him has to be better because. Well, do you think that he had a fair shake uh, against the Chargers? I mean, he didn't really. It's not like he was running the ball poorly, and then they're like, "Okay, we got to go to Latavius." That's no, but, not really what happened. But he didn't really have a lot of what it was three carries for nine yards. I think so. I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's not, not an ideal well, I rushing guess, average, right? Uh, what I think is something happened that they don't really want to discuss. Eight yards. They don't want it because because Hackett was asked about it on on Tuesday after the game, what happened, and his answer was they didn't have enough snaps. Well, they had some snaps that Melvin could have been out there, so they. I just don't think they want this thing to get out, and so they they've not really addressed what's happened. Uh, it's not they don't want they want to keep this internal, which I respect that. Obviously, I think that's a good thing. And uh, he just said, "Look, we had a conversation where we hashed it out. They kept that to themselves. There, uh, it seems like maybe Melvin not completely satisfied with it, but they've agreed to move on here. Melvin is going to be the starter again, but I agree with you that doesn't really mean anything because he started that Chargers game too. So it's not like oh, I'm the starter, I'm getting twenty carries. That's not the case. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to jump into the something happened when we have something no- definitely happened. <laughs> Because you're just speculating. Let's be clear he here. You're not, speculating. Yes. But there's Something there's a reason why he's on the sideline looking upset and Latavius is getting all of the carries. I, I don't think that that just boiled down to uh, play on the field. I mean, Mike Boone didn't really get any carries either. They just decided that Latavius. But Mike Boone doesn't get a lot of carries any any. But you would think that if Melvin was benched or like they were like we're not giving the ball to Melvin under any circumstance and they needed somebody to come in or they wanted you know they talked a lot about we want to have a, a dual a running back by committee approach if that stuff happened you, you would think Mike Boone would get a few more carries because Mike Boone did get carries against uh, the Raiders after Melvin Gordon fumbled he was a he was the guy that they leaned on a decent amount so it's not like they haven't gone to him I, I think it all it boils down to is that these guys feel pressure to win. It's not about, um, you know, making sure that things are even. It's not about making sure that everybody gets a turn. It's about ha- making sure the guy who gives you the best chance to get yards is out there. And right now they feel that that's Latavius Murray. But and then why isn't he the starter? I don't know. But something's not adding up, which is why I think something happened. Right. That's when I use my R abilities and I read between the lines and I'm like, Something doesn't quite make sense here. Let's be clear that you're not, you're not speaking on facts. No, this is just me thinking. Yeah. Reading between the lines. It could be a scary thing. But I I also think if you're looking at performance and who deserves to be out there, Melvin in his career has been really good. You know, Melvin, he scored eight touchdowns in each of the last five or six seasons. I mean, he's been consistent this year. We have not seen the same, Melvin Gordon, even in the opportunities early in the season that he had. I mean, that one touchdown, four fumbles, the rushing average is not there. Um, this Broncos team really hasn't broken anything loose that's like been a, a significant long run. Right. But which the, we've seen Melvin do in the past. And the long run of the season, I believe, is 18 yards, and that's Latavius Murray. Yep. And that's so, not good enough. In one game. 
because obviously that was his first yeah. action. And so if you're a coach and you you see, hey, the running game is not working as is, and we put Latavius Murray in there, and he runs for, what was it, 11 carries for 60 yards or something like that? I think he had 66 yards. Or, yeah. The thing that he does, well, he's so 66. big. Yeah, 66. How many carries? 15. Okay, so what what is that, like four, four yards? Four. Yeah, four and a half yards a carry. That's a decent rushing average. And he falls forward. I mean, he's a big body. He's big pushing guy. it. He's falling forward, getting the extra yards. I mean. We also, you know, we, we've taken a couple, we're a couple games removed from the, the fumbles. But if, you know, he, Melvin almost lost one against the Colts. And if you're a team that cannot afford to lose more football games, you can't afford turnovers like that. And so I'm sure that's in the coach's mind, too. If It might just be a, hey, we're playing the guy that we're comfortable with um, that isn't going to lose the football. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, it's possible that they just were like, look, it's this Thursday night game. It's too quick of a turnaround with Latavius. Let's go uh, with the other guys here. Then a week later, hey, Latavius has been around now. He's adjusted. We're going to give him the, the opportunities. But yeah. I just think that uh, if if that were just the case, then Latavius would be the starter. And maybe as the season goes on, it it moves to that. But I I guess what I'm saying is that it's not like um, this guy that is that is playing at an all world level is starting and then being yes, put on the that's bench. That's true. Very true. They're, the production has not matched. The production has not been there. And so it it truly could just be as simple as, hey, the Broncos are putting the best guy out there that they think can give them a chance to win the football game. Yeah. And if possible. That's, and if that's the case, you should keep doing that. I, I mean, I know Melvin's starting. They had a nice conversation. And I would imagine they try to get him more involved in this game. But at this point in the season, he didn't get a win. you got to make a decision that, that, lets, that gives you the best chance to win the football game. And so if that means another you know six 15 16 carries for Latavius Murray and three for Melvin Gordon if that's what helps you win a football game I'm okay doing that again and I Melvin's obviously not going to like that but that's the approach you have to take you have to find a way to win a football game let's make one more uh, topic or let's talk about oh you have something to say quick correction uh Latavius's longest run was 14 yards the Broncos cannot trust Eric Delilah. uh had an 18 yarder from Mike Boone Oh my uh, God. Russ had a scramble for 18 yards. Uh, Montreal Washington had a 19 yard, but it was called back as a holding. Um, well, that doesn't really count. Yeah. Well, it's 19 penalty pulls it back. So it's still in the stat book, but hmm. uh, Javante had a 17. Melvin had a 17 yarder. So, but, but we there. not like I think back to that run that Melvin had against the Giants last year, and it's yeah. like we haven't seen that burst. Or Javante against the Ravens. I mean, there, there have been. Yeah. There's not been that big uh, run play, which is what you need, quite frankly. You need those big run plays to uh, to get the Balance defense, the defense yeah. to come up. Then you can throw the ball down the field. I will say one one more thing about the run game that was interesting was uh, our friend Mike Kliss asked about the outside zone because we've not seen the Broncos run as much of that. And Nathaniel Hackett said, listen, we had to make a, a decision where we're going to run more inside zone because – while there are fewer, he said on the outside zone, you can get more big plays, but there's also a chance that you're going to lose yards. And the Broncos we saw early in the season when they ran that, they'd, they'd run a wide toss or they'd run a, you know, a stretch play to the outside and it would take a long time to get there and they'd lose three or four yards on the carry. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you can block that well, that's where the, the 20, 25, 30 yard runs come from. Melvin Gordon's run against the Giants, I believe was off tackle. It was kind of yeah. an outside play. 
but they've decided, hey, we're going to run inside where you're more likely to get three or four yards, set up manageable third downs, but it is going to limit the big play. So just as people watch and say, why aren't there more big running plays? Part of it is the Broncos have made a conscious decision to eliminate these negative rushing plays, but that's also going to take away from your ability to have big-time runs. Yeah, it's a balance. I mean, risk-reward, risk that type yeah. of thing. I uh, wanted to ask one last thing on uh, Melvin here before we move on to a, a voicemail here and wrap up the show. Uh, what do you think about Nathaniel Hackett handling this type of thing? Because uh, on, on one page, you're like, look, you resolved uh, an issue here with a with one of their big playmakers, and they're going to move on here. On the other hand, it does seem uh, counterintuitive to be like, this guy was upset uh, clearly voiced some uh, uh, frustrations, and then you sort of reward him by starting again, uh, giving him the, the another opportunity here. How, how do you think – I mean, it's a it's sort of a lose-lose type of situation uh, uh, for Nathaniel Hackey here, uh, a very difficult type of deal on how to handle something like this. How do you think uh, they approach this? Yeah, I mean, it's not like he was the backup and now you're making him the starter. You you're just it, – it was a little bit of a – you know, the way he announced it on Wednesday, he was asked, are you the, is Melvin going to start? He said, yeah, Mel- Melvin's going to start. It made it almost sound like he w- it, like it was a reward, when in reality it's just status quo. Like Melvin started against the Colts too. Yeah. Like, they're just sticking with the plan they had in place. I think if you had demoted Melvin after this or you said, no, Latavius is going to be our new starter, you're kind of taking a step that you can't come back from. And that if you had said oh, Melvin's – the backup now, like he's not starting, you essentially would be put in a place where I think you would have to either trade him or release him and move on from him. And clearly the Broncos don't want to do that, at least at this moment. They want to, um, they've said we need all these guys. And so their decision is, hey, we're just, we're moving forward the way things have been. You're going to continue to start. We'll see how things go with the carries. I doubt that Nathaniel Hackett promised him, hey, you're going to get 15 carries guaranteed. It's still going to be a, we're going to go with the hot hand. I believe Nathaniel Hackett said that on Tuesday. Um, but if you had, if you'd switched it and you'd gone um, and, and you'd said Melvin's the backup, I think that's a step that you can't take back. But I do agree with you. It's not a good situation because if he keeps him as a starter, it's, oh, well, Nathaniel Hackett's rewarding him for his bad behavior or, you know, what, what people view as bad behavior. And if you bench him, then it's, okay, well, clearly they're done with Melvin Gordon. Either way, there were going to be headlines. There were going to be stories. Melvin was going to say something. This was this was kind of an unavoidable situation where you had to just pick which path, you know, has less damage mm-hmm. in, in terms of keeping available runners. Because if Latavius gets banged up for a couple plays, I would suspect Melvin Gordon would come in and run the football. And so they still need him. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. It is a, a tricky situation. No easy choice there. Yeah. T- tough spot. We'll, we'll see how things unfold here uh, against the Jets with, in terms of uh, Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon, how the Broncos move forward. But uh, they need their playmakers to make plays on the offensive side. So uh, Melvin is certainly capable of doing that. So that's something the Broncos want to see from him. So uh, let's move on to uh, our uh, emails and our voicemail here uh, as we continue on the, with the show here. This is from uh, Mohit Lohani. Hey, guys, since Albert O is inactive tonight and the Cam Akers situation in L.A., with us needing a running back, what do you think about making a trade there? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the Broncos uh, are going to be monitoring everything. George Payton made a league high for four trades around the deadline last year, um, acquired a couple people, uh, obviously sent Von Miller, uh, 
to the uh, Los Angeles Rams, so I'm sure he's going to be monitoring the trade market. I think a lot of it depends what happens this weekend, what happens next week against the Jaguars, because the deadline is that Tuesday after the Jaguars game. If the Broncos are able to win these next two games and get to 4-4, four and four, maybe they end up as, as buyers or at least standing pat. Um, probably the latter is more likely. If, however, um, things don't go well, it probably isn't just a guy like Albert O that you've got to consider trading. Jerry Judy's name has been floated by a couple of different media outlets. That's something I'm sure we'll talk more about as it goes on. But um, so nice, They're saying, some people are saying. The Athletic some, wrote a whole some, article that was saying Jerry Judy is the most likely guy to be traded. That's not that's not vague. Okay, some thank people, you. Thank that's, you. A, that's not me saying I'm some people. You know, that's <laughs> somebody you. else. Okay, good. Um, but in terms of the, the Cam Akers in particular, I'm sure they're evaluating that. Um, Melvin Gordon, you know, you could even say, hey, do you swap Melvin Gordon and Cam Akers? That was uh, some tweets. There were some tweets about that as well. So we'll, we'll just have to see. But I'm George Payton, very active around the trade deadline. I'm sure we'll, he'll uh, consider a lot of different options. Yeah, you're going to continue to monitor and monitor where the status of this Broncos team is and, and how aggressive you want to be immediately. Yep. So uh, something to keep an eye on. We've also got a, uh, an email from John Jornod. Uh, talked about a few different things. Uh, Jerry Judy, we've got into that a little bit. Talked about uh, Montreal, Washington, uh, and the struggles on, uh, on the special team side of things. But uh, the comment that he made that I thought was interesting was uh, at the beginning of the game, you thought that they had clicked. We talked about that a little bit. But he specifically notes the scripted plays versus later in the game. What do you think? Do you think that when Russ is going 10 for 10 there, if that's a scripted deal where after that it's a little bit of a struggle? Well, I mean, the, the play to Jerry Judy, it's not scripted. You know, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> him getting out of the pocket and, and rolling right and, and Jerry working his way back to him, that's not a scripted play. I mean, whatever the play call before that was, was probably scripted. But also at that point, the Broncos had ran a whole drive and you typically only script 10 to 15 plays and, you kind of use them differently depending on how the, the drive pans out. You've got a few third down plays you'll run. So it's possible that some of that drive wasn't scripted anyway. Um, and I think the Broncos have succeeded enough in late game scenarios and you know struggled early against the, the Texans, the Niners, and found success late that I'm not ready to say like, oh, they're only good at scripting games. I, I just think for whatever reason, there's not consistency throughout the whole game and, and we're seeing it pop up as we mentioned throughout different parts of the game but it, you know I don't think it was just on the script and even on those drives Phil we talk about those being successful if Cortland Sutton doesn't draw a pass interference call on third and really long on that first drive you don't get a field goal and if Russ doesn't make a really incredible play on that third down on the touchdown drive you're not scoring points there either and so I think the fact of the matter is uh, one you got bailed out by a penalty to get three of your points and then Russ made a a vintage Russell Wilson play to get you the other touchdown. And so um, even when it, it looks like it's supposed to look, it's still hinging here on one or two plays. Definitely some ad-libbing going on there uh, yeah. with, with Russ and the things that he can create, uh, you know, on his own there. So it's not like, uh, like you said, they scripted these and it just perfectly executed plays and then all of a sudden stopped. So, uh, and then let's get to uh, one voicemail here from Kendall from Georgia. Started thinking about the game, thought I'd give you a call in. Kendall from Georgia. Like always, the defense is playing the brains out. I uh, can't really complain about that. Because, I mean, the defense is so entertaining. Baron Browning is a stud. Um, quick. You know, he's really aware. I mean, I love him. He's great. Um, 
mean, yeah. I just, just watching this offense is brutal. I mean, I, I don't even know what to think. Uh, thank you very much, Kendall. Uh, clearly uh, a dejected tone to the voice there, but he mentions Baron Browning there. Uh, he has been playing really well. Yeah, continues to fill in nicely for Randy Gregory. Uh, playing well enough, you're going to have to find a way for him to be on the field, even when Randy Gregory comes back. Obviously, he's eligible, that Titans game after the bye. But, um, yeah, good in uh, good awareness when the ball gets popped up in the air, good at rushing the passer, good in the run game, maybe working on the ball security a little bit. But uh, other than that, Really trying to pad his stats. Really been good. Uh, uh, Nick Ferguson on the on Broncos post game live, shameless plug there. Uh, said that he's sort of like the Broncos version of Micah Parsons. So, kind of agree. Yeah. He's athletic. So, all right, uh, Eric. Time to wrap up the show here. Uh, any shout outs for you? Shout out Liz Geralds. Of course. Naturally, uh, Broncos headed to London next week. Phil. Yep. Um, we won't talk to people again until. So we're in London. Yeah. Um, no Monday show at uh, Breckenridge Brewery. No Monday show. But uh, Liz Geralds will be among the Broncos community people that will be out there. There's going to be some nice community events Yeah. Uh, in London. Nice to see the Broncos uh, expand their outreach abroad next week. Broncos world. That's right. And also shout out to the Super Bowl 32 team. Yep. Uh, you're doing a nice little four-part series. Four-part series. I learned that from Ben Swanson, and it is uh, He's the best. one of the best ways to do it. The best way to do it, yeah. And also uh, shout out to the Denver Nuggets getting their season started. Yeah, tough start. Still turn it around, probably. I like to end the same way we started. It's a nice little, uh, you know, put a bow on it. With a loss? I'm saying you, we started the show talking about the oh, Nuggets. Oh, I thought you meant ended the, the show I thought you meant about the their Nuggets. season the same way they... They'll get it going, Eric. I'm they confident. Also, They'll they get also, it going. They also ended their season the same way they started it. With a loss. Yeah. That happens unless you win the championship. Not necessarily. Well, unless you're a really bad team and then you you finish the regular season with a win. Correct. That would be, I that would be one of the ways. I don't want that. I don't want that either. That would be one of the ways. I don't want that. All right, that is going to do it for us. Uh, the next time we uh, have another episode, like we mentioned, it will be in London, or uh, Eric will be in London. What? Yeah, I'm not going to be there. I'm I'll just be there. being told about this now. Yeah, this is ridiculous. I, I said I need one. My I agent can't said, work hey, under these this conditions. This is how it has to be done. So, oh, sorry. okay, I'm going to need some yeah. time to process this. I know, I know. Swanson will be there with you though. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. You're about to get Wally pipped. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll do one uh, from London though. Don't uh, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Technology. Put you on a boat and get you over yeah, there. Yeah, I'll get there. Okay, that is going to do it for us for Ben Swanson. How, how did he do? Fine. Yeah, this was a very average, average. Ben Swanson uh, uh, appearance here. Uh, and for Eric Dahl, I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to the, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone.